Welcome to Life Point Plus, a program dealing with marriages and family. We are so glad you're listening. Here's your host, pastor and teacher, Gary Moore. Welcome to Life Point Plus. I'm your host, Gary Moore. We closed last week's broadcast with a response from famed anthropologist Margaret Mead. She was once asked the earliest sign of civilization in a given culture. Her answer surprised many. It was a healed femur. Mead went on to explain that no healed femurs are found where the law of the jungle, survival of the fittest, reigns. A healed femur shows that someone cared. Someone had to do that injured person's hunting and gathering until the leg healed. The evidence of compassion, said Mead, is the first sign of civilization. You know, and according to the parrots, it's also the first sign that a spouse is demonstrating full-fledged empathy. No act of true empathy has ever been displayed in the absence of care and concern. Without it, empathy becomes a cruel tool of manipulation and self-centeredness. You know, even a sociopath is able to set aside his own agenda temporarily and get his victim to open up. He can even turn on his emotional radar to better understand what makes his victim tick. But that's where the process ends. He has no concern or care for the person. He's simply gathering the personal information about the person to take advantage of them. Genuine empathy and mutual understanding, of course, uses the first two steps for an entirely different purpose. To demonstrate care and concern. To heal a broken femur, as it were. That's why we need to talk about putting your empathy and mutual understanding into action. After all, what good is it if your spouse knows what was going on for you and feels it deeply, but doesn't do anything about it? And what good would it be for your spouse if you did the same? That's why care is inextricably connected to genuine empathy and mutual understanding. It compels you to take action. The parrots relate a story about a client named Tina. Tina sat in our office, thought for a moment, shrugged her shoulders, then confessed, Well, I guess I just stopped caring. Like other spouses who have sat in our counseling office just before heading to a divorce attorney, Tina had crossed a line that is often lethal. Once a person moves to the point of not caring, the relationship is on life support and the prospect of survival is grave. When you remove care from any relationship, it's over. There's nothing left to discuss. It's like removing blood from the body. Marriage, in any meaningful form, cannot survive without care. Care is so germane, so essential to marriage, that it often goes unnoticed. You know, ask people what matters most in marriage, and care won't make the list. But when you put this quality on a list of traits and ask people to rate its importance to marriage, you'll see it rise quickly. Why? Because without care, marriage is impossible. Three little words, I don't care, are like a deadly bullet in the heart of a marriage. From 1986 to 1990, Frank Reed was held hostage in a Lebanon jail cell. He was blindfolded for months at a time, living in complete darkness. He was chained to a wall and kept in absolute silence. On one occasion, Reed was moved to another cell. Although blindfolded, he could sense others in the room. 
Only weeks later did he learn he was chained next to fellow American hostages Terry Anderson and Tom Sutherland. In his years as a prisoner, Reed was humiliated, beaten, made ill, and tormented. But it was none of these horrific conditions that pained Reed the most as a hostage. It was the intolerable lack of concern by his captors. It was not knowing if anyone cared. In an interview with Time magazine, Reed said, Nothing I did mattered to anyone. I began to realize how withering it is to exist with not a single expression of caring around me. I learned one overriding fact. Caring is a powerful force. If no one cares, you are truly alone. You know, it seems funny that we toss this vital force around so carelessly. Take care, we say to the grocery clerk who rings up our items. Take care, we say at the end of a phone conversation with a near stranger. But when was the last time you took time to consider what taking care really means? The word care comes from the Germanic car, which originally meant sad. It alludes to the idea that a caring person feels sad when you feel sad. In other words, care is a kind of compassion that allows someone to enter your world and feel your pain. Care is inextricably linked to mutual understanding in trading places. It says that whatever happens to you happens to me. When sadness hits you, it hits me too. Of course, care also says that when something terrific happens to you, I rejoice. Your life makes a genuine difference to my own life. That's the essence of your care quotient. When we truly care for our spouse, at a deep and meaningful level, we involve both our head and our heart. We think our spouse's thoughts and feel our spouse's emotions. When we care for our partner, we listen and watch for ways to be helpful. We take notice and attend to her world as if it were our own. It's what Aristotle was getting at when he referred to the idea of a single soul dwelling in two bodies. You know, you don't have to be a hostage to appreciate the powerful force of care. All of us practice caring instinctively on occasion. Like handling the costly crystal vase, we're careful with things we value. And if your spouse has had to cope with a serious accident or life-threatening illness, you don't need a book to show you how to care. The needle of your care quotient jumps to its greatest possible capacity. But the normal humdrum of life, when we tend to take each other for granted, doesn't do much to jumpstart our care quotient unless we're practicing mutual understanding in trading places. Several weeks ago, we quoted the parrots. Whenever a couple neglects to trade places, when they sidestep empathy, they become clueless. Quite literally, they become ignorant of each other. However, we also said that these couples who lack empathy don't necessarily lack love. That is, they still want a better way of living and loving together. They're simply baffled by their spouse's feelings, thoughts, and behavior. They're clueless. They have no mutual understanding. The parrots go on to say that with a little effort, even the most clueless couples on the planet can become unimaginably smarter when they practice the three essential steps to trading places. Setting aside your own agenda, temporarily, turning on your emotional radar, and demonstrating your concern and care, especially when they get to the third step. Why? 
because your care quotient, unlike your IQ, can improve dramatically at will. You can instantly increase your care quotient by doing what your empathetic understanding guides you to do. You know, instead of prescribing caring behaviors for you to emulate, I want to share a couple of stories of inspiration that the parrots included in their book, followed by a challenge. The first story is told by Jennifer Rothschild, author of Lessons I Learned in the Dark. At the young age of 15, Susan was diagnosed with a rare degenerative eye disease that would eventually steal her sight. Rothschild tells this story. It was a very crowded bus, and all the passengers looked sympathetically as Susan made her way down the aisle. She fumbled with her cane, and as she nestled herself into her seat, the onlookers just watched with questions and concerns. You see, it had been a year since Susan lost her sight. When she first became blind, she fell into a deep pit of depression. Her world had crumbled. Her sadness overtook her. Not only was her heart crushed, but so was the heart of her husband, Mark. He so loved his wife and wanted to help her, and so he did. Inch by inch, he helped to pull her out of that pit of depression, helped give her skills and confidence, and helped her to regain her sense of self. And that husband, so in love with his wife, did all that he could to help her in her new state of darkness. After many months of Susan's blindness, she began to feel more confident because of Mark's help. She felt like she could perhaps return to her job again. And Mark promised that he would help her with that as well. So every day, Mark would drive his wife to work, walk her into the office, make sure she was settled, and then leave and go to his base that was across town. Mark was a military officer. Then he would come back and get her from work. This went on for several weeks. And with every day, though Mark so wanted to help his wife, the burden was becoming heavier because it was becoming logistically impossible for him to make it to his base on time. He dreaded having to announce to Susan that he wasn't going to be able to drive her to work. But in the end, he had to. I can't ride the bus to work, she replied. I'm blind. How am I going to know how many stairs there are? How am I going to know what path to take? I feel like you're abandoning me. Mark's heart was crushed. He promised her, like he had done from the very beginning, that he would do whatever it took to help her until she felt confident and independent on the bus. He helped her with the routes. He helped her learn the stairs and learn the paths. And so finally, after several weeks of doing this, Susan was confident. Mark went to his base. Susan went to her work. Monday morning, she got on the bus. She went to work. She came home. It was flawless. Then Friday morning arrived. Susan made her way onto the bus, and as she went to pay her fare, the driver said, Ma'am, you sure are lucky. Susan said, Are you talking to me? The bus driver said, Yeah, it must feel good to be cared for as you are. Susan replied, I don't know what you mean, sir. Well, our time's gone for today. We'll continue with Susan's story next week. In the meantime, you can think about how it ends. I hope you're all learning to cope with these trying circumstances. I know I'm still adjusting. I also hope that you've found a meaningful way to worship at home, even if it's in your pajamas. You know, Psalm 119.90 says, 
Your faithfulness endures to all generations. You have established the earth, and it stands fast. Well, have a great weekend. Be safe. God bless. Thank you for listening today. This program is brought to you by Cloverdale Church of God. If you would like to reach Pastor Gary, please email him at pastorgary at cloverdalechurch.org. To know more about the church, go to our website at www.cloverdalechurch.org. Thanks for listening and be blessed.